On today's episode, find out what happens when a University of Utah student mysteriously disappears off the grid. This is Lucy, and you are listening to Crime and Carbs podcast, in case you didn't know this and you just clicked on something random. I was like, were we supposed to be saying that every time? (laughs) Whoopsies. (laughs) It's fine. Um, We hope you guys are all having a great week. I hope you all had a fantabulous uh, Valentine's Day. Hope it was good. Did you have a good one, Erin? I had a great one. That's good. It was on a Sunday, so it was kind of a funky day. It was a little weird. I got an orchid, and those are my absolute favorite. Oh, orchids are your favorite? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that's good Yeah, to know. I don't like getting plants that are like in a vase as much because then they just die. They just Not die. that I don't kill potted plants as well. but I kill all plants. <laughs> it it's at least fine. takes a little longer for them to die. <laughs> good to note. <laughs> Orchids are the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I got, Tanner got me some cool shoes, so that was fun. Um, and then I went to my in-law's house and I watched, um, what's it called? Silence of the Lambs for the first time. On Valentine's Day? Yes. <laughs> We weren't really thinking about oh Valentine's gosh, Day. We just, so they have a list of movies I haven't seen yet that we watch. We love that. Because they're helping me become more cultured, I guess. <laughs> and so we watched that. And I had no idea it was about a serial killer and all this really intense show. So I haven't seen it. It's real so good. I can't it's contribute. Like, it's super freaky. So if you haven't watched Science of the Lambs, check it out. Uh. <laughs> it's a little sketch, but it was a great show. And we watched it in the middle of the day, so it oh, wasn't... Oh, that's, that's a little it wasn't, I But I was, like, sitting on the ground, like, rocking back and forth anyways because it was so intense, so... And that was in the daylight, so it's fine. Did you finish watching uh, Night Stalker? Your face. You did not. <laughs> you little-ish po Why? It was a chaotic weekend. It was Valentine's Day. I'm not going to watch okay. it on Valentine's Day, but I did start watching the other thing on Netflix, the... Oh, the Cecil Hotel? Yes. I need to start watching that. But you shouldn't have watched that. Well, I only watched one episode. I'm really good at like getting one episode in and then being like, cliffhanger. <gasps> <gasps> finish it. Okay, you can talk about it. I okay, won't be you've mad. lost all rights. All I'm going to say is at the end, the way that they catch the Night Stalker is so cool because basically they're trying to, tra- they finally have an idea of who he is. And so they're tracking him and they're waiting for him outside this like bus station for him to get back. And he knows that they're tracking him. So he runs and gets on a bus, but then this guy is sitting next to him and looks down at the newspaper and it's got his face all over it because they had released to the public like a picture of what he actually looked like and who he was and the guy looks at it and then he looks over and he realizes it's him and so then he realizes this guy knows that he it's him and so he starts freaking out and everybody on the bus is now realizing it's him it's this guy oh my gosh and so then he tries to get off the bus which he eventually does and their people are like yelling off the bus like you gotta get him that's the night stalker and so then this whole community is basically like citizens arrest no it totally was and he's hauling booty through i don't know why i said booty he's hauling butt through because it's tanner's favorite word through the city and then 
he goes through this neighborhood and like people realize that people are chasing him and all these neighbors come out and they're like ready to go to pound town on oh this guy and gosh. they totally get him and they're like have him they totally did like citizens arrest it's crazy this whole neighborhood i did not know that yeah and they are all like cheering and they're so like happy that they finally caught this guy because he's just wreaked havoc on everybody for so long okay that's so, pretty cool it was so cool i'm getting chills talking about it because it's just like this really amazing thing except the police had like a little bit of a tricky situation because they're everybody was so amped up that they didn't want them to like you know like start attacking him, him and stuff yeah even though he honestly deserved it but it's yeah. that's he was a freaking creepy did you so wait you the pictures the that you post terrifying the pictures that you posted on like instagram of like his sketchy teeth oh his were, teeth. are those like were those actual pictures of him yeah yeah he had <gasps> nasty teeth and yet he still had all these fangirls once he started going to court Yuck. and stuff yeah i know i'm like yeah if he doesn't open his mouth i mean he looks semi-normal but like he had nasty teeth and i'm like this is ridiculous like even while he was driving in cop cars and stuff all these women were like like taking their shirts off for him and like all this stuff and i'm like who are you people like you have some serious psychotic issues no it was definitely for him (laughs) some serious psychotic issues if you're into serial killers that's what i'm gonna say yeah nast but i just thought it was so cool that the whole little neighborhood basically like took that. him down it was so cool you have to watch it come on okay, okay the cecil hotel okay. one though looks amazing <gasps> i'm one episode in so that's what i got <sighs> okay we'll have to you have to go it's fine i need to watch that too but anyways we hope you guys are ready for an awesome case today and before we get into that make sure you stick around for carbs corner today we are reviewing a place in farmington utah it's called sticky bird if you haven't heard of them yet you're gonna want to because they are simply amazing it's kind of like a mix between like wingers and I don't know what else is like Wingstop, maybe kind of Wingstop, but also a little bit like Texas Roadhousey. But it's also you can go through the drive-through, but it's super good. <laughs> that made no <laughs> that sense. made no sense. But if everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> if you're in Farmington, it's by Farmington Station, but it's over by McDonald's on the other side of that main road that goes down to Farmington Station, and it's like a little red barn. And so that is so cute. Yeah. And so I'll talk about them. They're actually a really, really cool business because they um, give back to the community in a really awesome way. So we'll talk about them, but their food is also freaking fantastic. So if you like chicken and delicious hot sauce and stuff, you're going to love them. So stick around for that. And in Crime and Carbs podcast news, we just wanted to let you guys know ahead of time that we will be taking a scheduled break for the month of March. So you won't have any new cases from us at any week of March, but we'll be back on the first week of April. So make sure you come back to us in the first week of April. We have another one coming out next week, but after that, just know there won't be anything new for March. We're just going to be working on some things that we've had planned for a while and giving you guys some more case content and things that we've been wanting to do for a while, but we just haven't had time. So we're taking a little breaky break and we hope that you make sure you come back. So follow with us on social media so you remember when we're coming back and so you can see all the new cool stuff that we're going to be doing. So 
And make sure that if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast so that you get notifications of when we have new episodes. And for some people, it just kind of depends on your phone and which app you're using. But in some situations, you have to actually go into your settings and turn on notifications for your podcast app so that you get notified when we have a new case. So make sure you do that so you don't miss anything. And with that, we will get started into our case. So Today's case is one that actually happened quite recently, and if you live in Utah or really anywhere in the U.S. actually, chances are that you saw the name Mackenzie Lewick plastered across the news. Mackenzie was a 23-year-old student from California attending college at the University of Utah. Mackenzie was always on the go, and aside from studying kinesiology, I practiced that word like 10 times, and I think I still said it wrong, (laughs) but it's fine. It's like basically like movements of the body and things that I don't really understand. It's basically a healthcare major, so. Oh, okay. She was, so she was studying that and pre-nursing, but aside from that, she also worked at a biological testing center in Salt Lake, and she was an active member of her sorority, Alpha Chi Omega. Her friends and family described Mackenzie as having a super outgoing and positive personality and that she was someone who everyone was just drawn to. She was rarely by herself, which is why it didn't take long for her family and friends to report her missing. In the early hours of morning or late in the evening, however you want to see it, on June 17th of 2019, Mackenzie... 2019? Yeah, this is really recent. recent. Yep. Mackenzie arrived at the Salt Lake City Airport after taking a short trip to visit her family for a funeral in California. She texted her parents around 2 a.m. and the first text said, landed. And then she sent another text right after that saying, love you, mama. Oh, this is already sad. It's already sad. And her dad noticed because she was like, it was a group chat with both of her parents, but her dad noticed that when his wife replied back to Mackenzie, the text was green instead of blue, which if you have an iPhone, which you don't, okay, now is not the time, Aaron. Now is not the time, Aaron. Go Apple. That's fine. Anyways, if you have an iPhone, if it's green instead of blue, it indicates that the other person's phone is either out of service or it's turned off, meaning that the message didn't go through. And so he thought it was a little strange, but he was immediately concerned. He's like, she just landed. I don't know what's going on. But little did her parents know that that would be the last time they would ever hear from their daughter. What? So she let, okay. And this is throwing me because I remember the name and I think I remember like her being abducted, but I don't really remember the ending to this case. So well, this is going to be Miss Aaron yeah, because it, this is a crazy I'm going to be story. all in on this one. But she landed, so her parents know that she like was leaving the airport yep, and something she landed, happened to her. got to got to the airport, everything was good. Did she drive to the airport? No, and they okay. knew that she was going to be taking um like a rideshare service, like okay. Lyft or Uber or something like that. That's all they knew. But he did notice that the text didn't go through, but he wasn't immediately concerned. He just thought, oh, maybe she's out of service or she turned her phone off for whatever reason. Wasn't super worried at the time. But in the days that followed, Mackenzie missed a midterm exam. She had also not been seen by any of her friends. She hadn't been in any of her classes and she missed work, all of which were extremely out of character for her. And her parents became aware of this and tried to keep calling her. But as soon as I mean, they kept calling her as soon as they found out that she hadn't been seen by anybody for a few days and 
they immediately just kept being sent to the, her voicemail every time. So her phone was still turned off. She wasn't receiving any calls. Nobody knew where she was. So the panic began to sink in and her parents reported Mackenzie missing to the Salt Lake City Police Department on June 20th. So this was approximately two and a half, three-ish days after uh, she had come back to Utah. So in cases like these, time is of the essence. So police went to work trying to piece together Mackenzie's movements, movements as quickly as possible. Her parents knew that she had planned on using a rideshare service, like I said, once she landed at the airport on the night that she got back to Utah. And turns out she had, in fact, used Lyft. So with the help of the Lyft company, police tracked down the driver who had picked up Mackenzie at the airport. Because as far as they knew, that's the last person who had seen her. Does Lyft screen their people? That's the first thing I'm going to ask. I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure they do. It is scary. But Lyft was completely willing to help them as much as they could in the case. They wanted to get to the bottom of it and were cooperating 100%. So they, I mean, obviously, because they told them exactly who the driver Mm -hmm. was and they had all the records from this driver's, um, you know, picks up, drop, pick up and drop offs from that night. So Lyft records showed that this driver had driven Mackenzie to a place called Hatch Park in Salt Lake City, which was around 15 to 20 minutes away from where Mackenzie actually lived in Salt Lake. And the driver said that when he got to the park, he saw what he thought was a darker colored Subaru or some type of hatchback type car that was already there waiting at the park to pick up Mackenzie. And is happening. Mind you, this is at almost three o'clock in the morning at this point. And he said that the woman then got out of the car, at least he thought it was a woman, and basically helped Mackenzie put her bags in the car. And then the driver said also that Mackenzie didn't seem anxious or unsettled. The whole exchange between between her and this person seemed perfectly normal and casual and that she wasn't nervous in the car or anything. And he said that was it. Records show that the driver left and then went on to complete his shift for the night, making other pickups immediately after dropping off Mackenzie. How long was he at the park? Are we sure he didn't like do something? I don't know. You'll have to see. Okay. Okay. But it, but it was pretty because it tracks them as they're driving or whatever. So he dropped her off and then he went immediately somewhere else. So the Lyft driver was actually ruled out as a suspect because they had all these records because um, there wasn't really enough time yeah. in between that I to have I done something. I think I remember flyers going out about this girl. Yes. And which she's, is, she's pretty. She's so pretty. She's gorgeous, blonde, blue eyes, just such a pretty, pretty girl. Super just happy smile. Just She's awesome. And she really did just have this awesome energy about her. And I remember the flyers too. Mm-hmm. They were all over on the internet. I actually think crime junkies posted the flyer on their Facebook page and that's where I remember seeing it first um but so the Lyft driver was ruled out but I mean there was a lot of questions who was this woman and where had she taken Mackenzie nobody knew and up to this point police said that they didn't have any evidence that harm had come to Mackenzie yet but they obviously were concerned by her completely going off the grid it wasn't a normal situation but they weren't jumping to conclusions super quick I mean obviously she had gone to this park and met this person but it was weird that she wasn't answering any of her phone calls and nobody I mean parents friends nobody knew who that car could have belonged to that didn't sound familiar to anybody the Subaru it didn't sound familiar and um they and I'll talk about this a little later but they interviewed family and friends and they didn't know anybody that she was super seriously dating or anything like that and so I mean it was just a weird situation who gets dropped off at a park at three in the morning at three in the morning it's weird 
in the meantime, while they're interviewing and, and working with Lyft to track down the driver and all this, Greg, Mackenzie's dad, had been doing some digging of his own. So since Mackenzie's phone was part of his AT&T account, he went through the phone records searching for any clues that would lead them to his daughter. He discovered that she had been communicating with someone since the beginning of June with the area code 206, which police found out is only used on a third-party texting app called Text Me. Which, I mean, yeah, because, like, if you're in Utah, it's either 801 or 325. Are those the only ones? I think 325, 385? No, I don't know. Is it 385? There's lots. Basically, there's nothing that's a 206 <laughs> area code. So so they her dad immediately was like, who's this number? Like, this isn't a Utah area code. It wasn't a California area code. And so police found out that it was this this app called Text Me, which it's like, it's kind of like group me, not group me group yeah group me i feel old or bubble it's like just basically this stuff it, is. it's an app that just uses wi-fi to text my goodness essentially okay it's like what the kids do now if their parents like have them a on minutes or, did, you ever, <laughs> did you ever have minutes on your phone when you were a teenager oh i had, I had a limited number of texts yeah, i did and yep, so that's you what have I had. to like kids don't even know in words days. to try to fit yeah. it all within one <laughs> like, message no but mom i have to text yeah. this kid I'm and like, i would in text ninth grade it's so serious with, without predictive texting so you'd have to like oh, press the key oh, like yeah. three yeah, times yeah, yeah. I was so to get the right letter have to look at it those Anyways, were the sorry, days. random sign tangent for everybody. <laughs> Long story short, we didn't have apps like that yeah. back then, which is like 10 years ago. It's crazy. Anyways, so this 206 number was the last number that Mackenzie had texted before her phone had been shut off. Police obtained AT&T records that indicated her phone had in fact been turned off at 3 a.m. in the morning of mm. June 17th, which was just three minutes after the Lyft driver recorded that she had been dropped off at the park. Oh, so it was almost, it I was mean, almost they, immediate that her phone was turned off. Said? No, for now. They later, like, see what these text messages were and things. But, like, for now, they just know she was texting this phone. Okay. Uh, so, aside from looking into Mackenzie's phone records, police, like I mentioned, also interviewed her friends, who on June 22nd, two days after she was reported missing, revealed to police that Mackenzie had been actively using apps such as Tinder and Seeky, Seeking Arrangement. Uh, so, most of you probably already know what Tinder is. Can we just give, like, a public service announcement? Yeah. Don't get on Tinder. It's just a bunch of people looking for, yep, Tanner, this is for you, a booty call. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of creepies. There are creepy people, even if like, even if you have, good I know there are good people on Tinder yeah. too, but there's creepies and, and even nobody's who they say they are good intentions getting on there. There's just creepy people out in the world. So like I said, most of you probably know what Tinder is, but seeking arrangement, which I had never heard before until I learned about this case is basically an app that is generally used to connect wealthier men to younger women or a sugar baby who they can start a relationship with and so i actually went to this website just to see sure lucy (laughs) just to see what my options were curious hey girl needs some money tanner Tanner, (laughs) alert alert (laughs) oh my gosh but basically it that's exactly what (laughs) you're throwing me a little bit (laughs) basically it is. It's just an app where, like, guys who older guys, wealthier guys who want to have relationships and basically just want to have who a girl don't to care spoil. If a girl is into them for just their money, no, they that's they just want somebody oh to spoil and gosh. they want like a relationship with. That's so, a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's they totally should have called it puddle because it's just shallow people. Yeah, that's a cute like, name. Older older guys that don't know how to get relationships otherwise. I don't know. This is weird. So and it's called what? 
seeking arrangement. I've never even heard of this. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard Let's of it before. Let's repeat it just in case we have any listeners who, you know, want to go be seeking sugar babies. Seeking arrangement. Hey, I'm not judging, <laughs> man. You got to do what you got to do. But And these guys are like rich. And sometimes they don't even want oh gosh. like a sexual relationship. Sometimes they just want to spoil somebody. Weird. I'm serious. Sometimes it's they just want thing. somebody to sit and knit. People got to be cultured. All. Sometimes they just want a friend. I don't know. So I'm not. Yeah, I definitely am not judging anybody who uses it. It just that's what the app is for. And everybody on the app knows fully where is fully aware of what it is. That? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Cool. You don't. I don't know because because I, I live know. under a rock. Apparently, oh, but wait, I didn't I'm know. I'm not either. dating. So so police didn't necessarily jump to conclusions with this information necessarily being connected to Mackenzie's um, disappearance. But I mean, it definitely stuck with them because it was kind of just like, okay, we'll, we'll log that away. We're making note that that's a thing. So Greg, her dad also later found out that Mackenzie had opened up a separate bank account that he wasn't aware of before because he had a joint account with her where they would um, figure out tuition stuff. And he was like, he knew about her other bank accounts. He was very like that. Her parents were very involved in helping her with her like school, even though she was like working to pay for stuff too, but they were just involved parents. They knew what yeah. was going on. He kept tabs on her like any good dad does. I mean, to some, to a certain extent, you know what I mean? And so he was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. She has this other random bank account that I had no idea about. So upon further investigation into her phone activity, though, police contacted TextMe, the app, to see if they could find out who had been texting Mackenzie from their third-party app. And the company was, once again, they were really willing to help police, so they provided them with several IP addresses that used the app to connect to Mackenzie's phone, or to contact Mackenzie's phone. Wow, everyone's being really cooperative. That's Yeah, which is helpful. awesome. Yeah. So one of the IP addresses that had contacted Mackenzie's address was registered to a man originally from Nigeria, and his name was Ayula Ajayi, a former Utah State University student who worked as a tech support person. And on June 24th, four days after Mackenzie was reported missing, police went to Ajayi's house and asked him if he knew Mackenzie or um, if he had ever contacted her, and his answer was simply no. And so when police confronted him with the information about the IP address, his response was that he kept his Wi-Fi public, which meant that anyone in the area could get onto his Wi-Fi without a password because he was renting out his basement on Airbnb. Because like some people, if you don't know this, some Airbnb isn't always just used for like vacations. Like a lot of times if people are going to be in a certain area for a prolonged period of time, they'll use Airbnb to like rent out a space for like a month or more and so that's what he was doing and he was saying he kept his wi-fi public so he didn't know what they were talking about like anybody could have it could have been anybody who was using his wi-fi so police asked him if they could look at his phone just because they're there and yeah and when he handed it over they found the app seeking arrangement (gasps) downloaded on the device which was an obvious red flag considering that Mackenzie's friends had mentioned that she had been using the app. So, but with no reason to arrest him, police left his house. At the same time, police also had released images of Mackenzie from airport security footage to the public, basically urging anyone who may have seen her to contact them with information because that was the last um, footage they had of her and it just showed what she was wearing, everything. So this information goes out all to the public. But shortly after they left Ajayi's house, police were surprised when he contacted them directly with a completely different story. What? 
Shocker. <laughs> so Ajayi told them that he had, in fact, received a text from Mackenzie on the night of June 16th at 6.12 p.m. He had taken, he basically had taken a screenshot of their conversation and show them. And, and he, was it through this app or it was just a regular text? It was through this app. Okay. So he claimed that he, that, sh- that Mackenzie had sent him a single question mark and that he replied to that saying seeking arrangement. And then Mackenzie requested that he send her a picture of himself, which he did, and that the communication basically ended after sending the photos. And he said, she just must not have been interested. I don't know what happened, but that was all the communication I had with her. Why didn't he say that initially? It doesn't look good. good. No, it definitely does not look good. And And I just am like sitting here being kind of confused when I was reading this. I'm like, why would you then go back and contact the police unless you were trying to cover your tracks. Yeah. I got one eye closed as I'm hearing this because the whole thing just feels shady. Shady. And obviously police are feeling the same way. They're like, this dude is hiding stuff. He already lied to us. So what was he lying about? But then, I mean, but by this point, Mackenzie was all over the news and stuff. So maybe they were thinking, okay, maybe he just is panicking that he's had like contact with her. And so now he's trying to just come clean with it. But still... He was on the radar now. It's weird. It's weird. So after that, Ajayi agreed to go to the police station for questioning, and he told them that he wanted to help them in whatever way he could. He basically said he wanted to get to the root of everything. He wanted to help them find Mackenzie if he could. And police looked at his phone again where they found Mackenzie's phone number saved under the name Text Me. So he had saved her phone number, but he was claiming that he had only had this one conversation with her. Police told Ajayi that they also had found numerous texts that had gone to Mackenzie's phone through his IP address and not just the three that he was claiming. So he, they basically had proof that it had been way more than that. They didn't necessarily have the content of that conversation at this point, but they knew that it had been going on way more than what he had claimed. So according to reports, he told police, quote, I want to get to the root of this too, because like you said, my IP was showing that just means that something is wrong. So he basically is still claiming that like, Oh, like, I don't know how that's possible. That's not possible. Cause I only texted her the, the two times or whatever. Like, it's just not a thing. So he's still claiming what this guy cleaning is cleaning Yeah. So police let him go, but they knew he had to be lying about the text because they obviously had facts that showed multiple more than the three had gone through this IP address. And with no other strong leads, Ajayi became the center of this investigation. And rightly so. Two days later, on June 26th, the FBI discovered that not only could they place Mackenzie's phone as being in Hatch Park area at the time of her disappearance, but also... They pinged his phone there. But also Ajayi's phone. So this... He was there. He was there. He was there, Lucy. Which I do want to make just an interjection here that, I mean, it seems a little strange in police's mind at first because... The driver had said that it had been a woman woman. that picked up Mackenzie. And so they were a little bit confused. They had said that the driver had said he just saw the one person. He didn't know if anybody else was in the car, but he just saw the one person. He didn't think there was anyone else. And so police are like, okay, well, maybe he just mistook this guy as being a woman for some reason. But the driver had seemed like a little clearer that it was a woman. So police are obviously like, well, this is weird, but obviously his phone just proved that he was there at the same time. So 
there's a few weird inconsistencies <sighs> yeah. with things, but also it's a Lyft driver and it's like, how much attention do you really pay? Yeah. I mean, he's dropping people off this. all day long. It's just his job. Picking yeah. Up, dropping I mean, off, picking up, dropping he off. was at least good enough to kind of be aware of his surroundings because so, it was 3am I mean, in a park and he was like, I think he was kind of like, what is happening here? But he paid attention at least a little bit. But so there's that. I don't really have an answer for that, except we know that Ajayi's phone was there at the same time Mackenzie's was. So... This was reason enough for police to obtain a warrant to search his home in Salt Lake City. As the warrant was getting signed by a judge, police went to secure Ajayi's property. Police body camera footage showed him being super cooperative and calm, and he leisurely laid on his grass in the shade as they were, like, showing up at his house. As he should lay in the shade, because he is being shady, shady, shady. shady. But he's also just trying to seem like he's really calm and everything's just peachy keen. Um, Who is this guy? We'll find out. So police told him that he could leave, but he would not be allowed to take his phone, his car, or any other possessions with him. Why are they letting him leave? That doesn't seem wise. I mean, they can't, because technically they can't arrest him and they basically don't want him like tampering with anything Mm, in the house so as they were waiting for the warrant to arrive like i said police were already there just securing the property waiting for the warrant to arrive ajayi told officers that he was going to walk to the library down the street as he did police followed him to see if he would leave them anywhere suspicious or to make sure that he didn't try to flee the area so people were obviously the police were trailing him to make sure that he wasn't just gonna ditch out or or go do something weird. Yeah, that like, was my first thought. Is he going to yeah. like hide a body or something? Yeah. So I give props to the police. They're making sure they're on his tail. So as police were searching the house for evidence, they noticed that in his backyard was a noticeable six by seven foot area <gasps> that was covered in a thin layer of mulch. So it was like, looked like recently disturbed. Oh, 100%. It was very obvious that this had recently been like tampered with a six by seven foot area. So uh, pretty big size. You know what? Six by seven foot. Yeah. You know what's kind of that size? We do. A body. Mm-hmm. So a garden hose was also resting on top of this area. And then they noticed that they could see a smoke pattern in the shape of a wheelbarrow on the fence. So basically like sometimes i don't know if you've ever had this happen but like if something's really smoky if they're if it's a pretty big fire and there's a ton of smoke it kind of outlines stuff in the general vicinity okay so on the fence was this outline of a wheelbarrow and kind of like smoke um signs that smoke had been there yeah so police decided to ask his neighbors if they had noticed anything strange in the last week or so at ajayi's house and they had one neighbor told police that last week they had seen tall flames and smoke coming from Ajayi's backyard and that when they looked over the fence, they saw him talking on the phone as he pulled a hose over to the f- to the flames. But this person had told Ajayi that if he didn't put the fire out immediately, they were going to call the fire department because <gasps> it was just a massive fire. And the backyard wasn't very big and the houses were all really so close together. And so, yeah, they're something. concerned like it, this could jump over to the next person's house. It could cause a real problem. And so this person's like, hey, I'm going to call the fire department if you don't put it out. And that was that. They said that they just went back inside because they didn't want to. They felt like it was weird and they didn't want to be a part of it. If something went wrong or something started burning down, I probably would have still called the fire department. But yeah, that's wild. But they just didn't want to be like a bad neighbor or whatever. So they didn't. But she she described the smell of this fire to police as something she had, quote, never smelled before. And she said it was just a super distinct, strange smell coming from the fire. Like burning flesh. It was burning flesh. Oh, that's what it was. 
because she was just like it was just weird i've never smelled anything like that before i don't know what's happening it was a massive like massive fire another this is not going a yeah. good direction no it's not officers also spoke to a texas man who had been renting a room in a jay's house on airbnb so he told them okay can i just tell you this is freaking me the heck out for Airbnb. We're supposed to stay at an Airbnb in like three weeks. Maybe just don't I don't want to go. Maybe <laughs> just don't stay at one where there's other people still in the oh house. Oh my gosh. I did that one time and it was great. It was fine. It was just like a room in these people's house and they didn't, it didn't, wasn't a big deal. There, there weren't any like fires outside with 12 no. foot flames there or were a weird scary smells. Dogs, but that was about it. But... Yeah, so okay. this guy had been staying at Ajayi's house. He was kind of renting it long-term like we had mm-hmm. talked about. He'd been there for about a month. From He was from Texas. He told police that when he woke up on the morning of June 17th, he remembered it very clearly, Ajayi was already awake. A later warrant included a report of the individual's sm- statement, which said, quote, he, being the tenant, walked outside to the driveway from the basement of the Airbnb apartment. He said Aula was sitting on the trash can in front of his open garage next to his Kia Optima. He said Aula asked him if he knew how to get gas out of a vehicle. Um, Oh my gosh, he was trying mm -hmm. Aula went on to say that he had been trying to siphon gas out of his car and had been unsuccessful. He then told him that he wanted to burn some pallets that were stacked against the fence in the driveway. The man later went to Smith's grocery store with his Airbnb host, where Ajayi purchased a gas can and filled it with gasoline afterwards. Once they got home, the tenant went inside to take a shower, and when he had finished, he came outside to see Ajayi burning a massive fire, like he had started it immediately when they got home. He told police that he tried to convince Ajayi that he should just break down the pallets and throw them away, but Ajayi just kept the fire going anyways. Oh my gosh. Because he had actually said, like, I don't know how they do things in Utah, but in Texas, we would not be allowed to just burn that massive of a fire in our backyard. So he, yeah. like, tried to convince him, like, dude, you shouldn't be doing this. You should just and throw this it is away. Like middle of the day? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just middle of the day. Burning a massive freaking fire. All right. Police then, after hearing all of this information and noticing the weird spot on the ground. And he's, okay, I got to ask, is dude at the library because. I mean, is he really at the library? He was at the library, yeah. Well, like, that was a letdown. He okay. went to the library. He was... <laughs> I thought he was like in Canada or something by now. No, police were tracking him. They okay. knew what he was doing because obviously so by this really point, at they're the like library. really concerned. So after learning all this information, police brought a certified cadaver dog to the yard, which immediately went to the burned area to oh. indicate that human remains had been there at some point. As police began to excavate the backyard, they had also taken Ajayi in for formal questioning because now they're like, okay, this cadaver dog had I mean, hit. do we need, do we really need a reason? Yeah, don't really I mean, need an explanation come at on, this point. This guy, what, what, like, oh my gosh, this whole interview this. though is absolutely ridiculous. So police told Ajayi that the phone records in fact indicated that he had been in contact with Mackenzie much more than he had let on, to which he responded that he was. It was just completely impossible. He was like, there's no way. I don't understand how that could be. I only texted her a couple times. They finally told him that although he had deleted the text from his phone, Mackenzie had not. And they had proof of the communications and that both of their phones had been in the park that night. It was at this point that Ajayi started freaking out. He kind of started rocking back and forth a little bit, but he snapped out of it pretty quickly and was like, 
I, that's completely impossible. He just kept denying it. And he asked them, he's like, why would I have called days before and willing, willingly given you information about having talked to Mackenzie if I had some part of this? And when they asked about the fire and strange smell the neighborhood reported, he told them that he sometimes killed goats to put in soup. Okay. <sighs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Yeah, he said that the strange that smell is, was I apologize. That is literally the last answer I was That was his excuse. He's like, sometimes I kill goats to put in my soup. Because, I mean, and he's, then he he's cooks for, them originally from foot, Nigeria. But he cooks them in 12-foot fires Apparently, on that's what he's claiming. And so, yeah, because that's not weird at all. But that was his excuse for the, for the strange smell of the fire. And when they point blank asked Ajayi if he had killed Mackenzie, he replied no and said, I can't quote, this is quote, I can't even kill a fish. When fish die, I cry all night. But, quote. but you can kill goats? I don't understand. Yeah, he, he replied according to the p- report when asked how... I cry all night. <laughs> he, I cry all night. He, they, the police asked them, well, then how can you kill goats in your backyard? And a giant, yes, I said that. You did. I should be a you cop. Did, did you hear that? I said that. You should be a cop. We should both be investigated. We'd get a lot out of these people. No, we would not. We could oh. slap them in the face of the fish. Cry, cry all night. Cry, cry all night. They should have. They should have got a fish out. But Ajayi said... His, his answer was, because it's for food. Because anything that is not for food, I cannot hurt, is what his claim was. So that's why he could kill goats, apparently. But if fish die, he, he oh, cries. cries all night. I cry all night. That's literally what he said. <laughs> they then... <laughs> I know. That answer... I mean, the situation is not funny by any means. I'm not saying that it's funny. The investigation is not funny. But, like, his answer was just, like, what? Unexpected. It's super unexpected. Yeah. I put goats in soup, and I cry when fish die. That's where we're getting at. Like, it's just so obviously that he's just grasping for straws at this point, trying to pull out anything that he can to to dispute what they're saying. So, I mean, at this point, can they have him take a polygraph? Is he willing to do that? He actually told them, I will take a polygraph. Like, I'm willing to take a polygraph. Let me take one. He was trying so hard to just seem like he was cooperating because he wasn't guilty. But But he was, Lucy. I don't believe that was soup goats back there. No, or fish don't feel like it was i don't think it was any of that nope and regarding the interrogation this whole interview um detective pat mount said this he said quote i asked ayula if he has been 100 percent truthful and honest with detectives tonight ayula replied yes and if you find out anything that i say is a lie i will prosecute myself i know there is a camera right there he then looked to the camera and i will prosecute myself and i have nothing to hide from you i will prosecute myself yeah this detective then said, I told Ayula that it bothers me for him to say that because I believe that he had a lot to hide. So this whole interview lasted seven hours. So it went from oh, around 10 o'clock lands. at night and didn't end until 5.10 a.m. the next morning. After the interview, they released him. He went to his friend's apartment, but he wouldn't be there for long. And obviously police were tracking him, so they knew where he was at. While this is all going on, police were still at Jai's house gathering mounds of evidence that he had left in and around the house. I mean, okay, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but did they find, like, because a lot of times when you try to cook somebody in a fire, there's, like, fragments left over. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to really get Girl, all of it. you be jumping up on this. I just, ahead. I really <laughs> just need to know. <laughs> okay, go, go, Patience, go. young You Padawan. go in Patience, order. Patience, Patience. You go. 
So found in the dirt at the excavation site was human. <laughs> Literally, I'm laughing just because you seriously had to be like, Sorry. okay, just kidding. I do I that. Real I do that. Too. If you didn't hear last week's episode, you know that I was doing that the whole time. I was like, are you reading my script? I was seriously, <laughs> I was seriously he's using her for his money. I was really mad about that. So I, I forgive you for what <laughs> you're just being smart. You're just into the case. It's great. So found in the dirt at the excavation site was human rib bone charred muscular tissue uh, part of a scalp with hair uh, a small skull fragment a cell phone and other charred personal items oh my gosh more charred items such as clothing and a black purse or backpack strap were also found in a back alleyway directly behind ajayi's house so this guy had been oh. super, super sloppy and careless to get rid of anything incriminating because not only did they find stuff outside, but inside they found more pieces of bone in a bathroom garbage can, what? as well as bloody shoes and socks near his washing machine, sweatpants and a hoodie with bleach stains on them. But the weird thing is, I mean, he was like, yeah, come on in. check." Yeah, he out. was fine. He just was super not careful i don't know what his you would think that he would have gone i'm I'm glad that he didn't yeah was this more of a if i act like i have nothing to hide they're less likely to dig that's complete that's completely what he thought he thought that he was being cooperative so that he wouldn't even be a suspect he he was a tech guy so he was trying to explain to them how it was like impossible that all these texts could have come to his ip address and all this stuff. He just thought he was outsmarting them time and time again. So he really didn't take a lot of care to go back through mm. and cover up his tracks. But thank heavens that he didn't. So other items that were taken into evidence from his house were also a stun gun, razor blades, knives, and scissors. All things that they thought may have been related to the case. So that's all stuff they found in his house and around his backyard. Uh. But Mackenzie's body still wasn't there. They just found skull fragments, things but like I'm that. But I'm assuming they sent all the off for DNA testing? Yeah, okay. they did. Not only that, but several people actually called into police to tell them that Ajayi had given away a mattress and box spring several days prior to the search of the home. It didn't explain in detail what that meant, but I'm assuming he had sold something, like he had put this up on KSL, which if you don't know what KSL is, it's basically a place where it's kind of like eBay. It's basically like yeah. eBay. But they had recognized like the address and they saw that he had been putting up a mattress and box springs for people to come take. I don't even know if he asked for money for it. Um, well, not if it has blood all over. I would hope he didn't. Yeah. Free mattress. But so police released this information to the public and said, hey, like if you got a mattress and box spring from this guy, please bring it to us. Can you imagine? Hi, oh my gosh. I just yeah. bought a used mattress from a murderer. I would be losing it. So obviously these people brought this mattress in the box spring. <gasps> so Luckily they had seen it and they were like, yep, And take then it. they like went and walked themselves through a car yeah. wash to try to sanitize and we never, all that off. I didn't ever find any information that said if there was any evidence on the mattress, but all I know is they at least turned it over. I don't like it. Oh, I don't like it either. I cannot okay, handle so that. Okay, so basically, at the end of this it. story, I'm not going to want to stay at Airbnb. I'm no, never going to no. buy anything hey. used. Not that I buy used mattresses, but like I would never buy a used mattress. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm a good thrifter on some things, but that yeah, is not something I could do. But like know. even a coffee table, I don't want to be putting my feet on. Like no, I don't want to touch feet with a murderer. No, thank you. No, you never know. 
So later that day, police took the bone and hair. So this was this was the same day of the morning that they had released Ajayi back. Like he had gotten done with that interview at 510. It's that same day. So okay. this is all continuing. So this is moving pretty quick. Moving pretty quick. Later that day, police took the bone and hair samples that they had found in his backyard and ran a DNA test to see if they matched with Mackenzie's. It did. Without a doubt, police knew that they had their killer. Oh, I feel a little sad, though. I feel 100% like, sad. A little bit. And was it just hoping gets, it was like actually goat. I was, yeah, and hoping that this case had like a happy ending, that he just had her somewhere or something, but no. So this was really only the beginning of piecing this horrendous crime together, but it was enough to make an arrest, obviously, because they had tissue and bones that matched Mackenzie's. So early on June 28th, which was eight days after she'd been reported missing. Oh, wow. A SWAT team surrounded the apartment complex where Ajayi was staying, and a detective called Ajayi and asked him to come outside to talk. Ajayi was no longer being cooperative, and after seeing extensive media coverage on the case and on him, he was kind of pissed off. He was saying basically that none of his friends want to talk to him anymore and that he didn't trust them anymore and that all he had done was try to help them because at this point he didn't know they had found all this stuff but i'm like what do you think was going to happen i'm sorry you left um, all this crap at your house what do you think was going to go down ffs too is that is that what apparently we're he has to? a soul apparently he's sad that his friends don't want to talk to him anymore but it's fine he just killed well, yeah, somebody her family's sad oh my gosh, that she's disgusting. never gonna come home so so he can suck it yeah i just ugh is disgusting. But he at this point didn't know that they had all the information, which I'm like, how would you not know? You literally left your bloody shoes by your washing, washing machine. machine. You little clever. <sighs> but he basically on this phone call told, told the detective that unless they were there to arrest him, he didn't want to talk. And the detective told him that they were in fact there to arrest him. And that and Ajayi was like, do you have a warrant? And the chick said, yep, it's right here. And so Ajayi came down from the apartment where he was then arrested and taken into custody for aggravated murder, aggravated kidnapping, and desecration of a body. Several days went by and Ajayi refused to offer up any information surrounding the location of Mackenzie's body or the events that had led to her murder, basically still pleading innocence. Once again, police turned to Ajayi's digital footprint to see if they could trace his steps to find Mackenzie. They discovered that Ajayi had been in an area of Logan Canyon the day after he had first talked to Logan. police. Okay, Logan, Logan. is... Like Which if you... Aren't from you. I don't think there's anybody that listens to us that's outside of you. All six of you are right here. <laughs> All six of you. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Six is amazing. Okay, Logan and Salt Lake. There's a little bit of a gap there, but also Logan is not that far away. from us. No, yeah. it's not. But you have to remember, he did used to attend Utah State University, so he's familiar with that area up there. Right. But basically, the day after he had first talked to police, um, that's when he had gone up to that canyon that's when his phone tracing had been up in that area which yeah we'll get to that in a second but so on july 3rd this this led detectives to a heavily forested area off of us 89 in the canyon where they then blocked off the area and searched for anything suspicious as the captain of investigations division was walking through the trees he found an oval shaped section of dirt that appeared to have been disturbed the crime lab team excavated the section of dirt, and sure enough, they found charred human remains that were later confirmed to be Mackenzie Lewick. Her hands were still tied behind her back with zip ties Aww. and rope, and the autopsy revealed that a part of her scalp was missing and that there was also a hole found in her skull. 
She had also received blunt force trauma to the head, all of which indicated that Mackenzie had suffered a cruel and heinous death. Police would later find out from Ajayi that he had initially buried her in his backyard after burning her, but after police came to his home the first time and he had talked to them in in the police station, he then went back, removed her from the grave, and took her to Logan Canyon. I'm sorry, he moved her after the police initially came to his house? Yeah. Mr. I will prosecute myself moved her after the fact he moved her after the fact so oh he oh my gosh he recognized that they were kind of on to him and that he was now a suspect which he genuinely a hundred percent i just i just uh, it's just the creep like it's the epitome of things you see in like these creepy murder you know what i mean like the guy kills the girl then buries her in a forest it's very like ted bundy-esque but yeah he totally had just buried her in his backyard thinking that there was no way they were ever going to catch him he was so confident that he had covered his tracks and that he had a solid alibi and that everything was going to be fine but yeah he totally went and moved which i'm also a little bit like and I'm not blaming the police by any means here, but I'm like, if he was like a, if you knew that he'd been in contact with her that much and stuff and you had records of it, I feel like I would have been watching him from day one of knowing that it's like very much, once again, I'm bringing up Josh Powell case, but I, I saw that coming. I'm like, this is a van. But seriously, like Josh Powell <laughs> totally, we know for a fact that he went and moved Susan Powell's body after uh, after he had talked with police for that long. That's a fact. Like, he drove clear to freaking Washington and back the day after he had been interrogated. Like, he wasn't just going up there for funsies. So, I'm just like, and if they had tra- if they had tracked him at all, they would have known where her body was. And so, it's just like, oh, you know what I mean? It's a little crazy. But we're not police officers. So, I, I know it's a you. stressful time. I know I'm not blaming them or anything. But it's like, could have found her a bit sooner if they had just been watching. So, it's fine. Maybe we should just go do trainings. People, I was like, <laughs> we are going to follow them. <laughs> drive the Powell thing home. <laughs> I seriously, that case. Gives me also, I'm going to put a plug. If you haven't listened to Cold, do it. Oh, yeah. You need to go listen to Cold. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That one will haunt you for forever. It's horrible. So, anyways, back to this case. Aside from finding Mackenzie's body, on July 15th, some of Mackenzie's possessions were also found in the Jordan River, such as her school ID badge and multiple items of clothing. All of the clothing had been cut with either a razor or a knife and had been somewhat burned. So they, days later, had found all this in a river that he had gone and dumped but in the river. But he is, like, scattering stuff all over. Scattering stuff all over, but I'm like, why would you There's go like, throw stuff behind your house? Yeah, that's place? what I was going to say, because it was weird. in an alley. He had stuff in his house. He had stuff in yeah. his backyard. He had stuff up in Logan, and now he's got stuff in this river? Yeah, I'm really glad he's not good at this, because it made it really easy to convict him, obviously. So, aside spoiler from... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we know he did it. So aside from aggravated murder, Ajayi was also later charged with 19 counts of sexual exploitation of a minor after police discovered child pornography on his computer that they had confiscated in their investigation. What? Yeah. So just when I think that he can't get to be any Any creepier, there we are. That's so great. That's not it. He was also charged with three counts of forcible sexual abuse after a woman came forward after she had seen him on the news claiming that he had actually sexually assaulted her at his house back in 2018 after the two had met on a dating app called Mutual, which <gasps> so is like a very is Utah... this not his first uh, go-round. No, they had also... So, yeah, they had met on this dating app. 
he asked her to come over to his house for a date and she basically said that they started watching a movie and then he forced himself on her and and sexually assaulted her but she had never really come forward with it um until she had seen him on tv and then she felt like she could also she could have been dead yeah she could have because he already at that point obviously had started entertaining thoughts of that so just kind of crazy but I'm glad she came forward and ha- felt like she could come forward eventually because that's something I mean there's so many people that hold on to that kind of stuff for so long but don't feel like they can't come forward and so I'm glad that she finally did yeah that's awesome that's very very brave yeah super brave of her aside from that he had also been investigated for a sex offense and rape in 2014 of a different woman when okay, he was up guy. in logan and uh, yes i popped in my mouth like really yeah. full but this guy somebody had claimed he'd assaulted well they well he was up at um utah state as well so this guy's obviously got a past and it just led and built up till Mackenzie. So that's not it either. This is the one, this next thing that I'm going to tell you is the one thing that like really stuck out to me when I, well, there's a couple of things that I'm going to talk to you about that stuck out to me back when this case was going on in the news that were just extra creepy. So a contractor named Brian Wolf also came forward to police and told them that he had been called by a Jai to come to his home to help with a drywall issue after he had flooding problems in his basement. Brian and his nephew looked around the home and told a Jai that they didn't see anything that actually needed fixing on their end. The drywall was fine. But a Jai then had a strange request for the contractor. He told Brian that he wanted to build a soundproof room in the basement <gasps> with a secret door and no, lock no, no, that could no, only no, be opened no, no. by his thumbprint. Like oh he wanted gosh. this to be a very like high tech secret soundproof room. Just wait, it gets better. <gasps> no, no, no. He also specified that he wanted hooks installed into the concrete, like massive hooks installed into the concrete and explained to them that it would be for hanging a wine rack and that the soundproofing would be so that he could listen to music as loud as he wanted. Brian told him that there were much easier ways of installing a lip, a liquor cabinet than putting hooks. Like I'm talking like massive thick hooks that you would need to like hang chains. Like that's just where like everybody, my brain goes like it was, he was putting them in for some weird crap obviously so we're talking about something that could support some weight yeah uh-huh but brain was like there's much easier ways to do this but a not really making any sense told him that his mormon girlfriend was coming into town and he just wanted to make sure that the alcohol was hidden from her which didn't brain was like that didn't really answer my question like i'm saying that oh there's gosh. easier ways of doing this it guy, than putting I don't hooks like into the concrete and like restructuring the whole he is literally making like a scream proof dungeon in his basement that's what he wanted but that can only be unlocked with his fingerprint yeah with his thumbprint like he was really thinking about this so both brian and his nephew had a strange feeling about the whole situation And they left the house and agreed that there was no way they'd be taking the job. And he had later seen the investigation into... And he had later seen on the news the investigation of Mackenzie. But it wasn't until he saw Ajayi's home and face after Ajayi had been arrested that he realized what that connection was. Mm -hmm. And he told KSL and other news sources that he was just completely mortified and he was shaking as he was calling the police to tell them this. I'm so glad that they didn't do it though. 
Yeah, I mean, because he was positive that Ajayi had wanted this soundproof room as some part of his plan for Mackenzie. Yeah, like, like and can you imagine knew. if he had moved forward with that and he could have been able to keep somebody captive for who knows yeah. how long? Without who knows what else he would knowing. have done besides that? I mean, it was already all, horrific. obviously horrific, but who knows what else he could have done? But this guy is just like, oh my gosh, like Ugh. I had been there he was months in before house. in yeah. the house, had this really creepy kitchen, like, ugh. yeah. So that was the first creepy thing. Second thing. Well, not the first creepy thing of this case, but one of the things that stood out. So second thing, another disturbing piece of information in this case is that Ayula Ajayi had actually written a book that was being sold on Amazon and it was called Forge Identity. According to the New York Times, the Amazon page for the book, which is no longer available, described the protagonist of the book, Ezekiel, as a teenager who, quote, must decide if he will join the ranks of a criminal mastermind or fight to escape the tyranny that has surrounded his young life, close quote. So it appeared to be self-published, and a lot of people also said that it was poorly edited, but that's besides the fact. But what's really creepy is that the book includes the burning murders of two people. (gasps) Which many people believe was just a precursor of what was to come of Mackenzie, who was burned after she was murdered. So he had written a book that was being sold on Amazon that basically described it like it was kind of like a it was a murderish story and this kid was like deciding if he was going to help this murder guy or whatever. And I don't like that. Two people were actually burned as like as a murder in his book. So. I hope he got all the one star ratings. Hope he did too. Amazon's not selling it on there anymore. Obviously, I don't well, think anywhere is selling yeah, it. I looked it up, that. but I was like, "But isn't that so freaking oh. creepy?" So he had been. He, this is something thinking he has about thought, this yeah. for a long time. Yeah, but it like, oh, terrifying, and just really disturbing. Honestly, I'm like, oh, that's just icky. So between the soundproof room and the book, I just was like over the top. Oh, I don't. Yeah. More than one year later, in October of 2020, so just barely, this was literally, how many months ago? What? What month is it? February? January? January, December? It's like four months ago. Don't look at me like that. I love you so much. (laughs) I counted backwards instead of forwards. I don't know why I did that. So in October of 2020, just four months ago, Ajayi pled guilty to the murder of Mackenzie Lewick in a plea deal that ensured that he would not be given the death penalty in trial. He told his defense attorney that he planned on murdering Lewick long before they had planned to meet the night that she came home from California. He had, in fact, met her on the app-seeking arrangement in 2018. So, oh wow, the murder happened in June of 2019. So, in 2018, like six months before or so. But he had decided at that point that she would be the one that he would kill. He said that once he had her in his house, he bound her and strangled her to death before trying to burn her the next day. As part of his plea deal, he also admitted to the sexual assault of the girl that he had brought to his home for a date after meeting on Mutual. Oh, my gosh. So he pled guilty to that sexual assault as well. But he had totally planned this whole thing for a long time. I. It just makes me sad that he was talking to her and meeting up with her continuously knowing what what his plan was for her final fate yeah but he had never he had never actually met oh, her this was the first time he that was met the her. first time he met her but they every had, time he's interacting with her he's yeah he, interacting he was like texting they had texted knowing. and stuff and he had kept her on his radar for a long time and then they finally had made plans to meet and that's he already knew what he was gonna do so it had been a long time coming and it's just ugh, 
if she would have just gone home that night if she would have just gone home that night and it's just awful so ajayi was sentenced to life in jail for the murder of Mackenzie, as well as 15 years in jail for the sexual assault and five years for the abuse of a body meaning for the burning after Mackenzie had been murdered the judge said that those extra sentences didn't change his time in prison but they they did symbolize the severity of his crimes Ajayi made an apology statement to Mackenzie's family saying that he deserves what's coming to him and that he is sorry for what he had done. As for motive, police said that the only conclusion they could come to from talking with Ajayi is that he simply wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone and that tragically he had chosen Mackenzie to fulfill that desire. Salt Lake County District Attorney Mark Mathis said that, quote, this was murder for murder's sake. That's just so unfortunate. I mean, that there... uh... There's just no reason for it. There was zero reason. He just genuinely just wanted to know what it felt I like to kill somebody. I don't understand that. <laughs> he gave in to whatever weird desire he had to do it, and he acted on it. I mean, obviously, this guy was bad news anyways. He had some... Obviously, if you're sexually assaulting people and looking at child porn, you're leading up to some crazy stuff anyhow, but... Murder was just the cherry on top. So, speaking in court on the day of Ajayi's acceptance of the plea deal, Mackenzie's parents spoke, saying that they were comforted knowing that he didn't hurt anyone else and that he was caught, but that they were beyond devastated. And then they went on to list different milestones in Mackenzie's life that they wouldn't be able to celebrate her, celebrate with her, such as graduation, marriage, her career, and even the birth of her own children. Mackenzie's mom, Diana, said that, quote, instead of planning my daughter's graduation party, I planned her memorial. Oh, Greg told Ajayi that, that he... That just, like, I know, it makes you oh. just... It gave me shivers. It just... That really cuts you to the core because it's like she had so much going for her. And seriously, everybody they talked to just loved this girl. She was somebody that everybody looked up to and just gravitated towards. And obviously she wasn't a presence that was just easily missed. And yeah, and it now seemed, they get they don't get to share any of that with her. Yeah, it seemed like she had such a bright future, too. I oh, mean, she, she was, was so smart. right at a she bright was, age of life. Yeah, 23. So young. So Greg... The Mackenzie's dad told Ajayi that he hoped that he would spend the rest of his life watching his back in prison and that, quote, I have no compassion for you as you had no compassion for my daughter, end quote. And he said, he basically went on to say, like, we'll never be able to forgive you for this. Um, Ajayi will spend the rest of his days in prison, which is crazy because he was just so certain that he would never get caught. He truly had convinced himself that he had outsmarted the police, but thanks to his oversight and lazy cleanup, he was wrong. Thankfully, because who knows what else he could have done after he had done that. I'm sure that would not have been the only No, there's no way. To go to that extent and to do all that he did, I just, oh, chills. It was freaky. One last point. Well, okay, there's a couple other things I wanted to clarify real fast. So police never figured out, like, what what the guy, the, the Lyft driver, how he had seen a woman. <gasps> okay, that's, that was driving me that's crazy. That's still an unanswered question, and they honestly, like, they didn't think anyone else was involved. They thought the Lyft driver just missaw this guy because he had, like, curly-ish hair. I mean, it was short, but it was, like, kind of curly, and they thought maybe he had just, like, thought that he had sounded like a woman, but... It was a little, that part's but a little strange to me. did the murderer drive? Kind of still a question mark. Did they drive the, I can't even remember what the car was. Oh yeah. See, that's the other thing that I was going to mention. The live driver said that he thought it was a Subaru. Yeah. Um, but 
but uh, Ajayi drove a Kia, which yeah. it was kind of a similar shape, I guess, because uh, eventually they f- got camera footage from the park and they saw that the um, they saw the figure, but they couldn't like really. T- it was really dark; they couldn't really tell like who the person was. But the car looked similar to the shape of. A Jai's car. Okay, so, so it, it could have been it him. It could have been easily. him, but it's still just kind of like a weird question mark for me mm. that never really got solved. So they don't think anybody else was involved, but it's still a little weird. Who knows? So that's kind of, that was not super, I don't know. That's weird to me. But anyways, one last point I would like to emphasize here in this case is that this was in no way, shape, or form Mackenzie's fault at all. Many people took to Mackenzie's social media and began slut shaming her for using the app seeking arrangement. And aside from random internet trolls, a blog writer from Barstool Sports, a digital digital media company that produces content related to sports and pop culture, noticed that Mackenzie had been a fan of the podcast Call Her Daddy, which is also produced by Barstool Sports. So in like her friends had told police that she also liked this podcast. Um, And so in this blog post for this Barstool Sports, it's not for the podcast. It's just for the same company that hosts that podcast. But this guy named Francis Ellis made crass jokes and remarks about Mackenzie and her use of the Sugar Daddy app for everyone to read and even commented that she didn't even have that many Instagram followers. And then at the end of all these crass comments, he said, but thoughts and prayers. Because he knew full well that a murder investigation was taking place in her disappearance. So all I have to say to that is just, ew. Like, I just have zero tolerance for that. And that's, like, this is the exact reason that women and people don't come forward when they're sexually assaulted and things like that. Because people are so disgusting and they immediately go to saying, like, oh, like, she had it coming. It was her fault for being involved with this. But I'm like, in no way, shape, or form on the Seeking Arrangement app or site does it say, okay, if you use this, you're basically saying that you're fine to get assaulted or murdered. Like, nowhere on the app or the website does it say that. I'm like, it just infuriates me. But it just once again proves that I just, people are horrible. And it's like, her family was all going through this obviously traumatic time. And it's like, who cares if she used that app? That doesn't give anybody a right to do anything. That just like pissed me off so bad because I'm like, are you kidding me? She, her whole family's going through this and people are literally taking the time to go to her social media and comment all this nasty stuff on her posts and stuff. And she's literally been murdered. Just like, I hate people and I hate the internet. So let's just make that clear. Not Mackenzie's fault whatsoever. So if anything, though, we do learn once again that you must, must, must be so careful when meeting people on the internet. And as just a rule of thumb, always meet people in a public place if you haven't met them before and probably let friends or family have an introduction with this person just so they know just in case anything happens, they made a contact, they know who this guy is or girl is, whoever it is, um, just so you've got your bases covered. Because, I mean... I like to believe that people are good, but the more like we do these cases and the more that the more I episodes the world, we release, you just realize you can honestly never be sure. Even if you've been talking to somebody for so long, you yeah. actually, you obviously have no clue. So I just, I just wish Mackenzie had gone home that night. And if she was meeting somebody, just, I don't know, just 
do what you can to make sure you're not in a position where you can be harmed before you know the person. So I think you made some good points. I think trying to meet in a public place, trying to meet, you know, perhaps at an earlier time of day, trying to not let them know a ton of personal information about yourself. Yep. Don't accept a ride from them the first time. Don't let them know where you live, you know, immediately. You just keep your wits about you and err on the side of caution. Be careful, people. That's all. Yep. And... Don't buy thrifted mattresses, according to Erin, or anything else thrifted. Okay, some stuff thrifted is good. It is good. There is some good stuff, but there's some stuff that's also a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. That did freak me out. So, yeah, crazy stuff. That was a Utah case. Just barely happened. Um, That was recent. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I do do remember seeing her face everywhere. Yeah, I remember the flyers all over, but I did not know all of the details, and... I mean, even as far as everything done to her body and all he did to try to cover that up, I I had not heard any of that. So thanks for covering that, Lucy. That was awesome to hear about a local case. case. So be careful, people. Just be so careful. It's very intriguing to me to cover some of these Utah cases because they're they're things I haven't heard about on other podcasts. Little old Utah, it's interesting to hear about some of our local cases. So And also just a really good reminder that even though it's Utah doesn't mean that crime happens everywhere. Crime happens, so... Anyways, that's kind of a heavy case, though. I feel so bad for her family. They were all just so so involved in her life and everything, and it was just heartbreaking. But Ajayi is now in prison, so he can rot in jail. Hallelujah. Make sure you stay tuned, everyone, for Carbsy Corner, because on a much happier note, this food is delicious. So make sure you don't want to miss it out. And I really want you guys to support this place because they're awesome. So find out why. It's Carbs Corner. Okay, welcome to Carbs Corner, everybody. Like I said previously, we are covering Sticky Bird, which is this awesome little restaurant down in Farmington. Um, It's right next to Farmington Station, like I said. And pretty much they have the most delicious boneless wing they're not wings they're like chicken strips almost but sticky fingers they're they're delicious i guess that's how you explain it yeah i really one thing i loved about theirs was that i love that it's their chicken is still crispy but it is just fully glazed in their sauce i mean it is covered with sauce but it's still so crispy underneath yeah it's it's not it's not like it's not soggy and gross because it's been in the sauce but it's amazing also it's actually really decently priced and you can get basically if you get their combination thing you can get like anywhere between three and five sticky fingers and then they also give you fries coleslaw um ranch and then these two little delicious balls of churro happiness happiness there we go (laughs) that's what we're gonna call them yeah their fries are also super good they're like a cajun yeah they had a little bit of a spice to them and i love the sauce that was on the sticky fingers because it was a really good balance of like it had a little bit of a kick but it was really sweet and i don't why don't you tell us what sauce you got i just got the original one so if you get the original it's not if you're not super big fan of spiciness this was a really good balance because it still had a like a nice tang to Mm -hmm. it but it wasn't 
hurting your mouth or anything if you don't like spicy stuff but they do have other sauces you can get that are spicier so you can level up if you want the spicier stuff but so good and their fries are amazing and their coleslaw super good but those little balls of churro oh so good and it also comes with a drink and all that came for 10.50 so not bad at all and you can get more or less and it changes the price a little bit but super good deal i've also had their salad there and so basically it's just like a salad and it has like blue cheese on it i think or feta cheese i can't remember which one it is but then it also comes with that super yummy ranch and then it has the sticky fingers cut up on top of the salad okay if a salad so was good. covered in sticky fingers i would maybe eat it that would maybe <laughs> would make maybe the lettuce worth we would it maybe consider being healthy <laughs> it was so good though so good yeah so you should definitely check them out and one thing i just want to mention is that this place is actually awesome so down the street from sticky bird in farmington is this place called red barn academy and basically it started with this guy whose brother had died from um a drug overdose and so because of that he's like i want to do something about this and so he decided to open this place that it's not a rehab facility or a drug rehab place but basically they describe it as Um, Their website says we are a licensed two-year life skills academy that reinvents lives broken from addiction and crime by teaching honesty, accountability, and integrity in a farm setting. I have heard of Red Barn. They have an amazing reputation. Yeah, they're cool. So people who have been like, who have maybe gone, come in and out of jail or struggling with drug addiction or whatever, they basically come to this place and help them get back on their feet and work and relearn how to do and like learn better ways of handling things. And so super cool place, but they actually own sticky bird. <gasps> and so a lot of the people that, that um, are going through this program and stuff actually work there and like, they're very strict about it. And they actually, apparently they actually work at a lot of the places around Farmington, but, and they know that all these places know they're going to be amazing workers. Cause it's like, if they're out of line at all, like, they know they're going to be let go. And so super awesome people, but it's just so cool. Cause this place basically just helps them get back into like getting used to having a job and everything. And so, and some of, and I know that some of the proceeds I'm pretty sure go back to helping That's um, the incredible. Red Barn stuff. Yeah. So. so we should eat there because it helps you to should benefit eat there. people's Yeah. Lives. It's awesome. Plus it's freaking delicious. Like the chicken is so good. It's also so yeah. juicy and just amazing. And you don't have to deal with the bones. I know some people really like the bones. I'm okay with bones, but this is great. It's not messy and it's super delicious. Yeah. And so, I just want to give a sh- quick shout out to Marissa because she is one of our listeners that actually suggested Sticky yeah, Bird. Yeah, so she did. Thanks so thank for you. submitting this as an awesome place for us to try. And don't forget, if you guys know of a delicious carby place, send it in and we'd love to try new places. Yep. And make sure you go check them out. And I think that's everything. This is kind of a long case. So thanks for sticking around, everybody. And sticking around. around. (laughs) Sticky fingers. Funny. Okay, I'm tired. So that's it. Make sure you follow us on social media, all that good stuff. You know the jazz. And remember to fight crime. And eat carbs.